0: if you will, please. And I'd like you to go with me to the New Testament book of Philippians. I'd like you to look at the second chapter there with me, Philippians chapter number two. Church, thank you for your hospitality and your kindnesses to me, to the, by extension, all the missionaries, although I didn't ask each one if I could say it on their behalf, but I think it would be safe to say we're extremely grateful for your kindnesses to us and I thank you, Pastor West. Um, our friendship doesn't mean, I take it lightly, that I get to come and preach here. Um, I think it was 94 when I started coming here. It was quite some time. <laughs> and I'm not that old, uh, but I started very, very young. <laughs> I think I was seven at the time. But I am so glad to be here. I, I was thinking tonight. Um, I remember there was the year your family went on vacation and you asked me to cover for you, and uh, that was that was a lot of fun. I got to be pastor for like two weekends and a Wednesday, and that was really neat. And I I've, I have so many treasured memories here. Today I gathered a few more. Um, I did the slip and slide. The, uh it's not pretty. If we're friends on Facebook, I'm sure it's there. It, Amy, did you post it? Yeah, you did. Okay. I haven't looked. I was busy serving the Lord today in the Word. I didn't have a chance, but I told uh, Brother Leslie and Amy's kids, the the twins, the girls, I said, if you can convince your mother to do the slip and slide, I will. Well, I knew, this is a competitive thing between Amy and me. When Kim Fain's not around, I use Amy. And so so I knew these kids, if they will wear her out and she'll have to say yes, and then I'll just enjoy watching her go down and, well, I did. And wow, did she. And banged her head. I heard. I almost felt sympathy. It was just (laughs) almost. But we had a lot of fun today with the kids doing that. It was a great memory to make. Um, if someone could bring Absorbine Jr. by the hotel in the morning, I would appreciate that. It'll be a blessing. I'll take that instead of coffee. Philippians chapter 2, if you will stand with me for a reading of God's word. If this is your first night, um, we've just been on a quest, a journey. We started in Sunday school on Sunday morning. And we talked about the background of this theme where the servant was told to go to the highways and hedges. And every night I've tried to connect the dots before you to show that every time there is a servant presentation in scripture, the pieces that we've looked at have always been tied to a method of evangelism to say that when there is a servant, we'll reach the world for Christ. Wherever there's a willing servant, we'll touch the world. And that's what we're after tonight as well. This passage of scripture, I have bounced back and forth on whether to preach it or not. And I really no bouncing intended on the uh, slip and slide part. but, uh, But I just felt like this was the night for it. And so I thought we would start in verse number one. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love. And by the way, if you've been saved. There is consolation in Christ. And you know that. And you know there is comfort of love. And you know there is a fellowship of the spirit. And uh, the idea of if any bowels and mercies. It's heart and mercies. that, That heartfelt sense of love and compassion and mercy. He said if those things exist. Fulfill ye my joy. What's his joy? How does his joy get filled? That ye be like minded. Having the same love being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look, not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you. What mind? The mind we just described. And note how he says which was also in Christ Jesus. The mind of Christ is described to us in those first first four verses. And that is the mind of a servant. Watch these words. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of God. ...of a servant. Tonight I want to preach to you about the servant's mind. Last night we talked about the servant's heart. Tonight I'd like to go across the way here... ...as look at the passage of scripture... ...and show you what I believe is the servant's mind... ...which is the mind of Christ. The Bible says... "...and being found in fashion as a man... ...he humbled himself and became obedient unto death... ...even the death of the cross... Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Watch the connection. Christ became a servant. Why? That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. Thi- I'm sorry, of every th- Knee shall bow of things in heaven and earth and the things under the earth and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. The father, your father, I thank you for the opportunity to stand and read your word in the hearing of your people. I thank you for the precious testimonies of these who will give their lives to go and work in the prisons of America. Father, my heart is overwhelmed as I think about those who never will leave the facility they they. In which they live. And yet. Our brother would go. And he would tell them. Not some far distant land. Just up the road. Thank you for brother Glenn and his wife. Their faithfulness. Thank you for brother Richie. Just an average guy. From an average church. Doing just a regular. American kind of life. And you called him. And you used him. And you're using him. Bless them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Have you ever uh, gone to a restaurant and at that restaurant had a less than positive experience? Yeah, boom. She's your wife now. Boon is rubbing in something on me. And I thought as soon as I say this tonight, either one of them will say something. And so I was not disappointed. (laughs) Prayerfully. By the way, you weren't there. He was, and anyone that has known about it since then wasn't told by me. Yeah. (laughs) Just make sure you're gentle and kind (laughs) and without strife. Don't ask. ask. (laughs) You go, and the server comes to your table. Of, we'll presume female in this case, but not always. And she, perhaps her heart isn't in it. I, you don't know what kind of day she's had. You don't know the stuff that's gone on in her life. But you came, you're hungry, you want to eat. And she's there to serve your table. In fact, you want to be the priority in her life. Right? Right? Because why? Wah, wah, you're hungry. But you're hungry. You want to eat. Her heart's not in it. It Seems like her mind is in another place. Or that, or too hasty. Forgets your food. Or brings it incorrectly. Or brings someone else's food. And then you're there and you're thinking, I am getting hungrier by the minute. Now, for those, like Pastor Wes is sitting there probably thinking, John, you are telling on yourself. Because <laughs> he's been there with me. It seems like I have the plague. Everybody's plate can come. But mine, preacher. I, I, no one of my friends likes to go to restaurants with me with pictures. Because I anticipate it looking like the picture. It's not a, it's just a small thing, but... I think it ought to look like the picture. I <laughs> That's a friend. <laughs> when it comes time and you've finally gotten your food, perhaps or not. How do you feel at the end of that meal? It's hard to have enjoyed your meal because of the hasty server, the forgetful server, the server whose mind was not in it. When it comes time for the tip, how do you feel? When it comes time to go back to that place again, you go up to the house to stand and say, "Uh, anybody but her. Or perhaps you don't even go back. Why? The server Represents the franchise. The server represents the owner. The server represents the values of the restaurant. You and I, we've learned this week one thing. We are servants. We will either serve ourselves or we'll serve our Lord. And God help us. Not to be that kind of server to which I just made reference that's in the restaurant whose heart is somewhere else, whose mind is somewhere else, who is hasty, haughty, forgetful. Because we represent not just some franchise and not just some corporate values. We represent the king of kings. We represent the master. And at every point we are called upon to be servants Of the Most High God. And we ought to be in the game. It takes a mindset, it takes genuine effort. I knew last night after preaching what I preached about being gentle, I went to bed thinking, well, sometime on Wednesday I shall be challenged on that which I just preached. I did not realize that it would come so early in the morning. And I was simply trying to rectify a problem for the office. That's all. Two hours of my life were consumed today. And every time my tongue, well sharpened, wanted to say something. It was like, oh, you're going to tell them to be gentle and you're not? You're going to tell them to be kind and not strive? You're thinking, well, she's probably lost anyway. Won't matter. But I found it challenging to my heart. So when I knew what God wanted me to preach, I thought, wow, here's some more of the same. But in a different manner. You see... This is not just about the internals of me. This now goes to the externals. It goes to how I think as a servant. You say, well, what good is this servant stuff going to be if it's so hard? Because at the end of the day, our job is to be available to God, to give, to go, to work, to serve, to do whatever is needed. And so if we don't think like a servant, we'll never get it. You say, well, how do you know a servant's mind? How do you know you have a servant's mind? Will you ever come across some kids that are well-behaved? It's rare, but you do every once in a while. Come across kids that are well-behaved. Um, what's the first, I'll tell you what I think first. I think, now that's some moms and dads that have put some effort into training them right. Even though I, you know, I I grew up in South Florida. Um, my parents were both from New York City. And uh, the typical thought would be, well, if you're ra- if you were born in New York City, you were not raised with manners, so it would seem. I can say that. Some would say that that would be true. Not in our house, but. <laughs> We were made to say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. And yes, sir, and no, sir. To the appropriate gender, by the way. And (laughs) we were made to say thank you and please. We were told there was no other option. We assumed all children did. When we would hear kids not say it, we would say it as our parents. What do you say? To other kids, you think, whoa, you can't do that. But there's something about when you get around God's people who are genuine servants, if you want to know if someone has the mind of Christ, that is the mind of a servant, number one, you are going to know them by their manners. Because every child's manners reflect on their parents. Every servant's manners reflect on their master. What then should be the way we think? It's not just a heart manner now, it's a forced Method of thinking. Um, How many of you ever gone to Chick-fil-A? Okay. What happens when you go to Chick-fil-A and you say thank you? They say? They say what? My pleasure. Some of you had some other ideas, I think, but. Where did they get that from? Well, it came from corporate. You know where that came from? Mr. Truett Cathy, the guy who runs the store, was in a, I think it was a steakhouse in Chicago. And he said to somebody, thank you. That guy said, my pleasure. And he took that and he said, that ought to be our response at all the time. And forces that down the pipeline to every Chick-fil-A employee. They say, my pleasure. We know people who've worked at Chick-fil-A because every time they say, thank you, you say, thank you, they say, my pleasure. And they're not even in the (laughs) drive-thru. You say, those are good manners. You ought to be able to pick out a servant of Christ wherever he is. So how do you know them? You'll know them by their manners. Go with me now in these verses. We'll just kind of explore around just a little bit if we could. There's a like-mindedness to them. Notice if you would please... He said, and he's built his foundation. If there's any consolation in Christ, and there is, and comfort of love, and there is, fellowship of the Spirit, and there is, and the bowels and mercies, and there is, he said, then do this one thing. Be like-minded. In other words, notice the first thing he says, like-minded people, as a mannerism, has the same love. Um... Are you equitable in your love? Are there some people you love less and others you love more? Same love. Some people, to love them is like trying to hug a porcupine. It's just going to hurt. You're going to feel it. And you say, you know, I mean, Kim Fain's this way. Oh, sorry. You just, you get around that person and anything comes to mind but love. Do you know that person? Please don't point. I hate when people point. It's what we have to do to say if my manners are going to reflect on my master, people will know I'm a servant of the Lord. People will know that I serve Christ because I think like Christ. How did Christ think? Same love. The woman taken in adultery got the same love as the woman at the well who got the same love as Matthew the tax collector and as did Peter, James, and John the fisherman. The, the uh, Syrophoenician woman got the same love as Jarius got for his daughter. Everybody got the same love. If I'm going to be a servant of Christ, this is not something where I can say, okay, easy to love, hard to... Wow, that's true. Hard to... No, we can't say that. Everyone has to be treated the same. Do you know how convicting that is? Let me, let me, if, if that wasn't practical, let me get practical. I like this missionary. I don't like that missionary. Same love. I like that country. I don't like that country. Same love. I don't like the way we're going to go with our missions money for supporting this family. Same love. Christ had the same love for everyone. And if it's same in quality, it is same in quantity. It is the same to say that I share a love of Christ with a brother. Brother Van Horden, I have never met prior to this meeting. We have a mutual friend, but that's all. And that's all I've known. But he is my brother. There is a kinship. There is a friendship. Why? Because same love. Where does that come from? Same master. There, there ought to be no petty jealousies between servants. Amen. Right. Amen. Say, well, well, we got two Rock of Ages guys. Which one do we like better? We love them all. We got a couple of worldwide missionaries. Which one do we like? No. It's the same love it's saying that I am not going to be petty as a servant in my love. Secondly, I want you to see here in this under this idea of like-mindedness and it says here not only that, he said to be like-minded having the same love. The second thing he said is being of one accord. <laughs> Not the Honda joke, please. This is this is different. One Accord, Brother Van Horn. Let me. Would you mind helping me? As far as I know, well, no one's ever died in an illustration, but there's always a first. Ma'am, I'm sorry. I liked him until now. Okay, so Brother Van Horn is here, and he works with the uh, international. He's the international field representative for Rock of Ages Prison Ministry. We have similar agencies, similar tasks, similar goals. We are not in competition. There is no competitiveness. One accord means the actual literal break it down meaning is soul to soul. That our souls are knit together. How do you tell a servant? Well, you can tell them by the way they're dressed. no, this is a matter of soul business. To say there is no competitiveness to say, well, I you're trying to here to get this support and get meetings and stuff and I you you're just you're a loser. That's what you are. And no, there is nothing. It's the same love to say I love my brother in Christ and there is a knit soul together. Last night we were talking about some specific technicalities of operations of a missions agency. And and you'd say, well, What'd y'all decide? I said, We're going to share everything we have, and he said he's going to share everything they have. You say, What is that? Soul to soul? Yes, sir. That's how it ought to be within the congregation. Thanks, Brother Horn. Brother Sonia, come here. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. Soul to soul means church member to church member. Big souls, little souls, kit never mind. You say, well, I don't see things eye to eye with dicks on your, no, hardly people do But the fact is, is that if we're servants, we have the same love one to another and we our souls are knit. I'm not going to pick to say, well, I like Dick Sonier this week. And I mean, last week he sent me an email. Some guy named O'Malley in Texas got arrested. Sends me a link. Nothing else. Just sends me a link. Do you know him? Whatever. And so, but he's my brother. And no matter where we are. People ought to know we're servants of Christ. Why? By our manners. There, there's no voice like Dick Sawyer's voice. Brother John! There'd be, it's like, can I hide? It must be Dick Sawyer. No. Soul to soul. Same law. You say, well, how do I do that? You just think of your master and say, you know what? I want to look like him. For Notice the next phrase in that verse. I don't know how far we're going to get tonight. I thought we were going to plow through this, but it's not happening. So there is a like-mindedness that's here. Basically, you could say it's the same priorities. Same love, one accord, soul to soul, one mind. We think with one purpose. What is the purpose of this church? What is it? So bring glory to Christ. Our job. I love the church's website. Uh, It says the end of the old life begins here. I remember the day you found that. You called me. You were at a hospital that fought cancer. Moffat. The end of cancer begins here. Pastor West called me and said, Oh, this is great. I love this, John. We've got to do something with this. And I love the idea. That the end of the old life begins here. That's our purpose. You say, well, i got another purpose. I think we ought to pave all the parking lot, get rid of all the dirt. I think we ought to change those shrubs out in the front. I've never liked them to begin with. I think we ought to have gold letters on the sign out front and not silver letters. I think that we ought to be able to have... A different color gray than this gray that was chosen. Really. One mind says, what's going to help us get the job done? If it's not my shade of, is it gray boon or what is it? What is it? Taupe? What is it? Stone. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's not, my cake. it's not my favorite color of perfect. I needed a color, and where were you? Gray is fine. Boone said no, but I'm... There's a thin pink line that's going gonna... to... I look at this wall, and I say, you know what? If it was my color or not, I have one purpose. It's not the color of the wall that's going to bring someone to Christ. So, well, I didn't get my color. I always felt like this green ought to have been burgundy. And that's how I feel about it. And until it changes, I'm not going to get behind the program. To be truthful, you're being petty. And you're not of one mind. You say, well, Brother O'Malley, I really feel strongly about it. Well, change your feelings. So I feel. I is pride. So there is a like-mindedness that has to occur among servants. It cannot be where one has one mindset, another has another mindset. Christ had one mindset. Headed to the cross... From the cross I'm going to the tomb. From the tomb I'm coming out of the tomb. I'll ascend to be with my Father forever. That was the one purpose. And servants keep that purpose in mind. There has to be a like-mindedness. Well, I've just never agreed with that faith promise thing. Those silly cards. If I'm going to give something, I'm going to give without a card. Like-mindedness says, no, 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 as a servant, just get with the program. It's funny how what you wouldn't put up with from your own kids at the house, some folk try to pull off at the house of God. Like-mindedness says, "Um, I'm with the program. We do cards, we're doing cards. Church, I uh, moved move my membership to. Didn't do faith promise. They just gave straight out of the general fund. I didn't protest. Well, I'm going to fill out a card and turn it in. I'd be the only one. <laughs> but we just continued commit and increase and give and designate. And that's what we did. Three years ago, our church, two, two, year, two and a half years ago, our church switched to faith promise. I didn't stand up, I, I, I preached the conference. I didn't say, I've been waiting on y'all for so long. I didn't, you know. just get up, get with the program and never mention it. Why? Servants have the same love. Their souls are knit together. And there's a like-mindedness about them. They have one mind. So why? I'm going to think for myself. Nobody said you couldn't think for yourself. But don't elevate yourself above someone else. Not only is there a like-mindedness, there's also a lowliness. You're going to know them by their manners. The first set of manners is like-mindedness. The second set of manners is lowliness. Notice what the Bible says. Let nothing be done through strife. Wow, I think we were there last night, weren't we? Twice now, in addressing servants, we see the word strife. I think it's, it's worthy of note. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. What is strife? We talked about this being quarrelsome, fighting, bickering, struggling with each other. You say, Brother O'Malley, come on. This is church. We're part of the family of God. Nobody fusses. We're all happy. We're all just wonderful. No one ever struggles with another, Brother O'Malley. Well, just on the outside chance that someone may come into the church, I'm just going to go ahead and preach on this for a few minutes. Any action a believer takes, there can be no bickering, there can be no fighting. Bus workers on a bus route, Sunday school teachers in their Sunday school classroom, choir members with their choir leader, nursery workers with the nursery mom. What do we have? Head? What do we have here? Nursery boon. And <laughs> th- that we don't, our church has mur- nursery mom of the month or nursery mother or something like that. You know, and she, never mind, it's complicated in my mind how it's called that. But nonetheless, yes, I know, I'm moving on. <laughs> that everybody strives. To have a lowliness of mind to say, you know what? That's not a battle that I want to fight. That's not a hill on which I want to die. I can let that go. Why? Because we're believers. We're servants. This is how we think. Not how I think. And you're not a servant. Well, I think differently than that. Get your thinking in line. Because nothing should be done through strife. You ever met the uh, hasty, haughty server, waitress at your restaurant? They're hasty and haughty. They almost want to bicker with you on the order and fuss at you. Is it any different coming into the house of God, having the church greeter be the brother bicker baptist, you park crooked. Sound like Ross on Munster saying, You park crooked, Mike. It's, it's the... Kim, don't do that to me. I'm fine until you laugh. It's, it's saying what we have to do is saying No ministry, no service of mine should ever come with strife. Strife puts others down. It's a contempt... And contention. It's bickering. But then he also says, nothing done through vain glory. He's saying, now surely those Philippians must have been some real heathen. Carnal, carnal people. Vain glory. If strife puts somebody down, vain glory builds yourself up. he you said would people build themselves up in church? If you don't think so, it's probably your first day. (laughs) Otherwise, it's true. It's very, it happens in the pulpit. Let me call out sin first. It call, it happens in the choir. Well, he got to sing my part in that song. Oh, you owned it. That's my special. It's always been my special. That's my Sunday school class. That's what I do here. They're trying to take my job. Let nothing be done through vain glory. I've always been the teacher of these seven people. And, and uh, they're in the class that you come to my class until you die. Death is the only way to exit this class. I've always been that one teacher. And now you're trying to take that class from me. We're servants. If we get the nod to do the job, thank God. And if we get the un we just simply quietly move off to the shadows till we're needed somewhere else. We don't pout. We don't fuss. We don't cuss. We don't... Did I say cuss? We don't complain. We just simply serve God. Well, I, I don't mind filling out those faith promise cards, but I want to put a place there for my name. I know this may shock you. Preacher, I've had people come to me after faith promise picking up card moment and hand me their filled out faith promise card and say, I didn't want to put mine in with everybody else's. I wanted to hand it to you personally. Oh, It's so hard for me to be a servant and Gentle and kind. Because I really... There are so many naughty, carnal thoughts that come to mind. Because I'm thinking, you're not doing this for any other reason but vain, empty glory. Attention to yourself. Nothing. This is my twelfth night in the nursery. Now, unless you're Kim Fane, we understand why, but... It, it's this. Now, If you Kim is merciless to me, so please understand that. It's not like this is unprovoked. Say, so, well, I've done this so much, I deserve the Mother of the Month award. I have taught this class. I have ridden this bus route. I have visited this street. I have done... I, 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 I. Vain Vainglory. Check that at the door. Don't boast yourself in anything but the cross. Amen. Amen. How sad. How sad it is when the child of God forgets about lowliness. So, well, where's my example? Christ the mind of Christ was lowly so i look at this and i realize there's a lowly there's a like-mindedness that's required a lowliness that's required and the third thing that's required is you'll allow me to just use an l word is a largeness what do you mean by largeness notice this in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better Than themselves. Esteem. To esteem is to estimate. That is to say. That brother Richie. I estimate his value. As greater than my value. You say well there are some people in this room. I'm better than they are though you miss the point of being a servant. That means the simplest child and the most complex adult with a lifetime of issues. They are all better than you. I don't feel that way. You're not a servant. I have to look at the little kid who come up and tug on my pant leg or the one who taunts me to go slip and slide with their mother and and say, that child I esteem better than me. I could never do that. That snotty-nosed bus kid that messes up stuff in the church, might dirty a wall or make a stain on the carpet or tear something up at the house of God... They are better than you. I could never do that. Make me a servant says like mindedness, lowliness, and largeness. What does that say? Dick Sonier is better than John O'Malley. Every day. Bill Fain is better than John O'Malley. Kim Fing is better than John O'Malley. (laughs) Makes good preaching. (laughs) The sweetest lady to the crankiest one. They're better than me. I just can't think like that. It's not that you can't. It's just that you won't. And you're being so petty that you see, there is no way to have aught against my brother and strife between a brother and sister in Christ. Just it can't be. Somebody is stuck on pride. So you say, Well I I just I just don't like them. Okay. You change them. You're the only one to have the power to change you. If you're somebody to walk around and talk to, uh, tout your own benefits and goodness, I'm going to tell you, you're missing the point. You're stuck back on vainglory. You're stuck on the fact that you've estimated your worth as greater worth than someone else. Who is better than you, Alan? Nobody. You're better than me. Now, that's not a false sense of saying, I really know I'm better than Alan. I'm just saying those words. No, it is a heart conviction to say, wow, I know what kind of sinner I am. So, Brother O'Malley, there are people out there that say bad things about me. Thank God they don't know the truth about you, how bad you really are. If they knew what God knew about you, you'd just rejoice that they're just talking about that. So I, I, I look at myself and I say, okay, how do I reach this place of largeness? I esteem everybody better than me as a habit. The server at the restaurant who didn't get it right, she's better than you. The guy at the drive-thru who messed up, he's better than you. This, you say, this goes beyond the realm of Christianity? Oh yeah, this servant business is all about the lost anyway. This idea of being a servant is not just to simply say that we play nice with each other in the sandbox. The sandbox called Memorial. We're all going to get along and happy and share toys and stuff like that. It's nothing like that at all. This is about getting our program together in here. So when we walk out of here, they're going to say, there's something different about that guy, those manners, who's their parent. I'll tell you who's our parent. The Lord of glory, the master of the universe, the king of kings is the one I serve. And my manners reflect him. Let each esteem other better than himself. Let me give you this last thought on largeness. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You mean I can't look after my own stuff? The priority of a servant is to see to it as an attendee, that his attenders have what they need. I want to make sure I got what I have. If you got what you have coming to you, you'd be in hell. So what I have to do is to say, um, help me with your name, I forgot. Darren, Darren, would you like me to leave you alone right now and go away and forget your name? Okay, (laughs) there are others in the church who would. Darren, what I have to do is simply say, does Darren have what he needs? Does he does he need something to drink? Does he need something to eat? Does he have a comfortable place to sit? Is he is he welcome? Is he desired? Is he learning? Is he getting the help that he needs? Is he finding fellowship? Is he getting connected with people here at the church? You say, well, that's the stuff you should be worried about for yourself. Not until I take care of Darren. Not until I take care of the bus kid. Not until I take care of the other people. So I have to not spend my time saying, oh, does John need a comfortable place to sit? Yes, there. Look at that. I could sit there and be comfortable. I, does John need something to drink? Does John need something to eat? No, John's eating plenty. Does John does does John, no? My object is Darren, and when I'm done with Darren, it's Kim, and it's Boone, and it's Sonya, and it's everybody. She said, "Who's going to look after me?" Jesus. Preacher's right. It's more than a theme. It's where my heart needs to be. This is a checkup for me. And the sins to which I've referred, I can condemn myself. Spirit condemns me. I want to be a good servant. It's going to take a lowliness of mind a like-mindedness with my brothers and sisters in Christ, and a largeness that goes beyond me, to say, is Brother Sanchez comfortable? Does he need anything? Is Mrs. Sanchez is she comfortable? Does she need anything? See, but I could just spend. It sounds like I spend all day long taking care of everybody else but me. And at the end of the day, you know who you'll look like. Why? You see, Christ made himself a servant. Why? Because there was one thing that he wanted to have happen that every soul could hear salvation story. If we act like servants of Christ all the time, inside the sandbox and outside the sandbox, people will know we serve not ourselves, but the King of Kings. Would you stand with me?